Hi there, you're listening to Podark Podcast. We're a fancast podcast dedicated to endless discussions of the Podark saga. And this week, your hosts are me. My name is Rita, I live in England. You can find me on Tumblr at Princess of Podark or on Twitter at Rita Bites. And me! <laughs> My name is Michelle, I live in the States. You can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Muses with three M's. And on Twitter, at Musings with three M's. Uh, This week's podcast is the third episode of our book club series. We are reading The Angry Tide, which is the seventh book in the saga, and we'll be covering chapters 5 through 12 of book 2. So, obviously, if you haven't read this section yet, or you want to avoid season 4 spoilers, we would advise you to press stop ASAP because we're going to be doing a pretty deep dive into spoiler territory. So we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, what's our first question, Rita? What or who has struck you the most in these eight chapters and why? Michelle Bell says, surprisingly, the Drake, Morwenna, and Rosina situation post-Aussie. Drake never considered that Morwenna would stop loving him and which <laughs> devastated him. I, <sighs> Rosina, the ever good, is wronged once again, but takes it well. Maybe because she sees Drake's torment. Worst is Morwenna, who has been utterly destroyed by her forced marriage, for which George and Elizabeth are entirely responsible. Elizabeth could have pitched a fit and stopped it, because no matter what, she was always George's most treasured possession. Elizabeth chose not to because it is always, always, always about Elizabeth. Yes, welcome to the Elizabeth show. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Prairie Cheesehead said that her favourite storyline was Demelza and how she handled the banking situation. I know that we're not supposed to compare this to the current adaptation or speculate about the upcoming <laughs> la, 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 Okay, go ahead. Slap on the wrist for you. Anyway, but... <laughs> I think that how she handled the banking situation in the novel is an example of why the book version of Demelza is a strong character and a better character than her TV counterpart. In a situation where she had no choice but to act and no time to write Ross to ask him what she should do or wait for him to return, Demelza showed that she had good instincts. She's willing and unafraid to ask for advice and explanations of what she did not understand. She thought on her feet, and the men around her still respected her and gave her credit for being smart and having such great instincts. And she didn't need to be snarky to show that she was a strong and capable woman. Preach! Oh, snap. Preach, preach, preach. Uh, absolutely addicted Poldarky said, Well, the angry tide has reached epic proportions, hasn't it? The darkness, anger, malevolence in this part of the book was emotionally exhausting to read. We had a lot happening in this section. In contrast to the darkness, I found Ross and his dedication to his friend a beacon of light, as well as being impressed with Demelza and her willingness and determination to help Harris while Ross was away, uh, inspiring too. River Woman Rules said, Ross is the person who impressed me the most, but I want to give a shout out to Rosina my close second she is brave resilient accomplished woman who against all odds raises above societal expectations and restrictions she is too good for drake and shame on him 
His humiliating jilting of Rosina is proof that Demelza needs to stop meddling in other people's <laughs> lives and concentrate on rebuilding her own damaged marriage. <laughs> Demelza's vague and insensitive responses to Ross over the Armitage affair proves that she lacks the empathy and maturity to play matchmaker. Rosina, on the other hand, has surprising depth. Even in the horrible aftermath of Drake's badment, she maintains her dignity and is even generous enough to forgive Drake. Wow, nicely, nicely said. Uh, Evil Eve says, Definitely the Morwenna Osborne and Drake storyline. Over the course of these eight chapters, it was nonstop drama and intrigue. Ozzy's death, Morwenna's rebuff of Drake, and finally the reveal, another little Ozzy was on the way. My God, it's like a gothic melodrama and I'm living for it. As for me, on the other hand, I was struck by how completely and utterly boring the whole Pasco banking crisis is to read for the fourth time. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Um, (laughs) The suspense is not killing me. (laughs) No. And it felt like very drawn out compared to some of the other quick moving storylines from book one in this novel. This banking drama seemed to last for half of the stupid chapters. Uh, But as for storylines I enjoyed... I, of course, have to mention Ozzy's death. Yes! I was particularly struck by the introduction of a brand new perspective, which always gets me excited. Mm-hmm. Arthur Sodaway. It was a wild ride. Yeah! <laughs> uh, I have some hashtag opinions about how this whole thing is played out with regards to Morwenna and Drake, but we will get to that later, I suppose. Uh-huh. Um, well, I think uh, along with uh, our friend uh, Prairie Cheesehead, uh, the part that struck me the most, obviously Ozzy's death, uh, the the Ozzy's last hours uh, were great, but um, agreeing with Prairie Cheesehead, uh, how Demelza managed herself through the, the whole banking situation. And I agree with you, Rita, that upon the reread, and I think this is number three for me, uh, it did seem to go on forever. And I think it's because we have not only Demelza, you know, running around trying to scrabble up money to, to do this, this scheme of hers, but then we also have the follow-up of Ross riding around all over the place, yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out how to, to, to resurrect the bank. And so it just, it just does seem to kind of go on and on and on and on. So uh, I do agree with you about that. Uh, but I I love the fact that, you know, Demelza had no other choice. She didn't have uh, the ability to, to lean on Ross for, for his advice or anything along those lines. It was something she had to do if she was going to do anything. And I really loved the way that, that uh, she did that. Um, as far as Ozzy's last hours, I mean, it was, that was such a wonderful read, you know, his, his visit with Pierce and that little smirk notary gave him, (laughs) uh, before he left. Um, and the quote, and I know someone else, uh, quoted it a little later on. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but I love the fact that, that notary kind of knew what was going to happen to the man. Um, 
you know, his last hurrah with Ruella, and then the final confrontation with Arthur. You know, what an ignominious way to shuffle off this mortal coil. <laughs> um, I remember the first time I'd hoped that Ozzy would meet his end in the arms of a syphilitic prostitute. But, you know, <laughs> this worked out just fine for me. I love the way he died, though, because it was so clumsy. And yes! As if Arthur actually ended up killing him. <laughs> it was all this big comedic accident. Yes! Such a good... Oh. Well uh, done, Winston. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Oh, God, I'm so glad he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm i glad he's dead, but I'll be sad to see Christian Brassington go. But I know. We're not talking about the show. No, 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 no. no. Okay, uh, chapter five uh, is our next question, because chapter five is chock full of stuff. And as I said in our question, OMFG, discuss. <laughs> I didn't want to give anything away. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, okay, discuss. <laughs> so Michelle Bell said, Ozzy got the end he deserved. Ruella question mark. Never understood her motivations aside from money. She betrayed her husband, but the beating from him? Probably historically accurate, but hard to read today. Oh, brutal, mm, yeah. Yeah. Prairie Cheesehead said my initial reaction was ding dong the arsehole's gone <laughs> i was supposed to sing that but i refused to do that in public uh my second reaction if there is a hell then ozzy would not only be in it but he would be forced to be celibate yes. and surrounded by feet but not allowed to touch them <laughs> yes he'd be yes. a podiatrist <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love it um, absolutely addicted Poldarkey said. So, Winston Graham, exactly how much can you squeeze into one chapter? <laughs> From malevolent Carrie Warleggen, who, quote, pulled his coat around him like a raven folding its wings. Nice. Uh, uh, not renewing St. John Peter's notes, setting the wheels in motion for the collapse of Pasco's bank, to the passing of Nat Pierce and his sinister leer at the threshold of death, whence comes all knowledge or no knowledge, had seen through Ozzy's subterfuge and knew all about his trysts. And Ozzy getting his just desserts and another dang dong, the monster's dead, uh, to the sloppy, inaccurate, yet inadvertently successful <laughs> revenge attack on Ozzy by Arthur, Leading to his beating of Rowella as well. I mean, it's it's exhausting when you think about how much he crams into this chapter alone. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it went on for a couple of chapters. It was like, this all happened in this chunk of meaty goodness. Um it, it it was in, that was incredible. I I love I love chapter five so much. Um, let's see. River Woman Rules says first, it's hard to imagine anyone as ruthless as George Warleggen, but his blood sucking Uncle Carrie <laughs> slithers even lower to claim the slimy prize. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carrie's sick preoccupation with revenge is just as creepy as Ozzy's preoccupation with sex. There's a parallel. Just reading Carrie's Machiavellian scheme, using selfish, dissolute, stupid St. John Peter to bring down Pasco makes my skin crawl. 
Carrie needed a life desperately. And uh, the, uh, speaking of this whole thing, and it occurred to me to, to kind of ponder this when I was reading Absolutely Addicted Poldarkey's response, they wind up bringing down Pasco's bank using his daughter's money in order to do so. I mean, that's fucking cold, man. Really? Seriously cold. So yeah, there is a special little place in hell for Carrie and St. John Peter as well. Uh, and I love Ross's uh, reaction to his cousin's behavior, saying that he should be kicked from here to Plymouth. <laughs> it's like, yes, please, use those shiny boots for something. Okay, to continue with River Woman Rules' uh, comment, uh, regarding Ozzy, I'm trying to recall my intense jubilation at this his cathartic demise. The first time I read that passage, I believe I jumped out of my seat and cheered. Unfortunately, I happened to be on an airplane uh, at the time. Well, what's left to say about Osborne except good riddance? Uh, what a so-called man of God, or that a so-called man of God could behave in the way he did, serially raping Morwenna and plotting to have her institutionalized, scorning the poor, bullying his subordinates, committing adultery with prostitutes and his own sister-in-law. Which commandments did he not break? Uh, he was a hypocritical, deranged pervert, and his execution, I refuse to view it as murder, seemed a divine intervention. The only thing that could have topped it would have been a lightning <laughs> bolt from heaven. Oh my god. <laughs> I hope that the thunder that came at the end of season two strikes us again. Oh my god. Intense melodrama. Oh my god. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, I I love this chapter, and I really loved reading the passage where Arthur's discovering them. He first sees the footsteps like leading up to the door imprinted in the sleet, and then he like goes, "Oh, that's suspicious!" and then creeps around the back of the house and climbs up on a up the tree to peek through the window. It was just very vividly described, and his horror at seeing Rowella posed like that and and then Ozzy's there and they're both naked <laughs> and and then followed by all of his vomiting totally understandable like I just oh my I god yes by the way there was even more first step oh my god really Ozzy <laughs> what is with the session <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I I know we're trying not to do the whole show thing, but you know, there had to be a reason why Brassington posted that Twitter uh with those stupid foot popsicles. I'm wondering whether or not, you know, they just finished editing that scene or something like that and he just had to drop a little tidbit return of the foot about stuff. some of the yeah. stuff to come. It's the return of the foot <laughs> stuff. We'll be vomiting along with Arthur. Uh, hells yes. <sighs> hells yes. So as for Carrie's maneuverings, it's definitely evil. But <laughs> the twisted part of me sort of admires the game he's playing. Very smart maneuvering. <laughs> I mean, he didn't have to do very much to bring the bank down at all. True. In fact, the whole Pierce embezzlement thing did most of the work for him. I think this entire section just 
highlights how incredibly like fragile and fickle the financial systems actually are. I feel like maybe this section of the novel is in fact just a critique of capitalism, and boy do I agree with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Carrie is playing this shit to perfection. Um, I mean, just perfection. Uh, you know, greed is at the root of all of this ridiculousness. You know, even Ozzy and his stupid antics, uh, you know, always trying to, to gain more and more influence and more and more control over various different parishes uh, just to fill his pocket so that he can dress like a frickin' dandy. <laughs> and play more whist. He loves his whist. Yes. Yes, loves his whists. And, again, feet. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, one has to wonder just what a lonely man Carrie Warleggen is. Oh. Don't you yeah. think? Um, and in thinking about, you know, how you said that this highlights how incredibly fragile and fickle the financial systems uh, actually are, you know, for men that didn't have, you know, personal wealth, like Pasco, I, you know, I really don't see him as being someone that's sitting on a pile of cash on his own. Um, you know, something like this would be absolutely disastrous for him. If something like this had happened to Warleggen's bank, I mean, you know, just suppose for a minute. You know, George, with all of his hundreds of thousands of pounds, would have been able to sort the situation out just like that. Um, and, but, you know, it's, it's clear that, that Pasco, uh, was always trying to play fair with his, uh, banking practices and, and, you know, didn't wind up, you know, doing some of the stuff that the Warleggans wind up doing in order to sustain their wealth. I think that's a point that Winston makes in one of the chapters that, um, smaller mm -hmm. banks, smaller Cornish banks in particular, just mm -hmm. couldn't stand up to big competitors that you get nationally yeah. across the country, especially in London. And I guess the Willigans yeah. were becoming a bigger... That's kind of why um, Pasco ends up like becoming a conglomerate of sorts at the end, yeah. combining mm -hmm. with all those smaller banks. And it's actually quite smart business yeah. practices. I was like, you really mm -hmm. should have been doing this earlier, if it's really this fragile. Yeah. I mean. So, next question. Chapter 6. Reactions to events in Chapter 5 from all corners and if you read the book you'll know what we mean <laughs> uh, michelle bell says the one that struck me the most were marwenna's shock ozzy's mother rowella's silence and elizabeth's speculation marwenna has suddenly been freed from her torturer but is overwhelmed by her freedom and yet she is not free because she is pregnant again one last parting blow from the vile creature. And, you know, I'd completely forgotten that she wound up getting preg pregnant again by that Me asshole. Um, yeah, so it was kind of like, what? What? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, and I wonder, I mean, aside from the fact that Morwenna has been absolutely terrorized uh, by... Ozzy Whitworth and, you know, all of her experiences around um, intimacies are colored by the serial rape that she has had to go through for the last three years. You know, I totally understand her just saying, get out, 
<laughs> when Drake uh, finally shows up. Um, but I wonder if the pregnancy was also tied into her refusal of Drake. I don't know. I can't I can't remember if that is something that winds up being revealed in in subsequent chapters. Uh we will have to see. For um, my part, I kind of hope like I'd kind of blocked out that this pregnancy happened. I think because I don't really like it. Um I would yeah. prefer it if her refusal to on Drake was purely based on her own traumatics experiences and her PTSD Mm -hmm. because I think it sort of cheapens it if it's based on this pregnancy because then it becomes less about her own her own character Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. anyway yeah well we we will we will we will have to see but uh anyhow sorry to interrupt Michelle uh to continue uh no sympathy for Ozzy's mom we see where he got his character or lack thereof um, we, I wish we had a bit on what Rowella thought and felt. Did she keep on with Ozzy just for the money? And what now does she think and feel given his passing and cause of death? That Elizabeth considers how Ozzy died and whether it makes sense is completely out of character for her. She would not care and she was not inquisitive unless she thought there was something in the situation for her. I feel sorry for Ozzy's horse. He did not deserve to be off. Agreed. That was the biggest yes! injustice ever. That poor horsey. Yes. The horse didn't have anything to do with it. Damn. Prairie Cheese Head said, Arthur Soloway should never play poker if he ever intends to win. Rorella is one effed up chick, being turned on by her husband beating her up. I always picture Lady Whitworth looking like the character of Ruskin's mother in Desperate Romantics. I'm also not surprised that she is an overbearing cow. I feel bad for Drake, because the timing never, ever, ever seems to be right for him. As an aside from me, shoot me in the head. (laughs) I think it it was right for him to be honest with Rosina and break things off. And this is where I think the parallel with Ross, Demelza, Elizabeth ends, because Drake is being honest with himself and with Rosina. I also feel bad for Rosina, but I admire her strength and her grace. Absolutely addicted Poldarkey says, Oh, Arthur, feeling the walls closing in, dealing with the emotional aftermath of what he had done, and Rowella, though I was disgusted by her behavior with Ozzy, it did not warrant being beaten. Say it louder for the people in the back. (laughs) Yes! Uh, A lesson in anger for us all. And Drake, oh, Drake, his learning of Ozzy's death, Morwenna, here he comes! God. Poor Rosina. The one positive thing I can say about Drake and his situation, as opposed to another young, hard-working, impulsive Cornish man we know, is at least he was honest with Rosina, and he left before they married. Demelza's reaction of, so I should not have interfered, was exactly right! Her fear for Drake and how the village folk will react is a valid fear. Uh, River Woman Rule says, I continue to be outraged by George's henchmen. The Harry Brothers. Ugh. Their name evokes an appropriate image for their savage behavior. They are vile bullies, terrorizing villagers, beating Drake senseless, carrying out whatever cowardly assignments George gave them with relish. Though in this case, this is just me saying, 
George didn't need to say shit. <laughs> that just no. uh, one of my greatest disappointments is that they always seem to escape punishment as they do in burning down Drake's house, as Tom Harry did with Sam failed to defeat him in the wrestling match. Ross at least scared the crap out of Jack O'Hobbin for his part in the destruction <laughs> of Drake's property. Yeah, Jack had needed to have the crap scared yep. out of him. I mean, I understand you being upset about the the dishonor done to your daughter by Drake's um, chasing after a fresh widow. Uh, I mean, damn, people. Um but, uh, you know, you don't go burn the, boy, the boy's house and down. he wasn't really that upset about what Drake did to her, because he, like, Jack and beat the crap out of his wife and daughter. He was like, I'm so angry, I'm going to take it out on the people who got hurt. Uh, calm exactly. the crap down, Jacko. Yeah. Chill, dude. Okay, Evil Edie says, I'm speechless. <laughs> the Ruella and Arthur situation is pretty terrible. Yes, Rowella cheated on her husband, and yes, it was with Ozzy, so that makes it even worse. But I felt sorry for her. She didn't deserve to be beaten and shamed by her husband. It's strange to see a character like Rowella, who, is, who always seemed to be in control and manipulating other people, to now be humiliated and help and powerless. Yeah, I, I was just reading the description of Rowella at the funeral oh, that makes me angry and how you know they were saying that you know the the bruises had had faded and with the exception of the one lost tooth, tooth oh. which which only showed when she smiled which she didn't do much anymore i mean it's just uh it's just horrible it reminds horrible. me of the ending of the taming of the shrew which always makes me want to hurt people because i'm just like no <laughs> I don't yes. care yeah. how she acted. Don't do this. Yeah. 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 Totally with you. Uh, sorry to continue Evil Evie's comment. Um, and then Drake. As much as it hurts my heart, I absolutely love this turn of events. What? Uh, <laughs> just when Drake thinks he's got the love of his life back, he finds a stranger who has been utterly broken and traumatized. Again, Winston Graham back at it with the realistic relationships and character development. After the constant abuse from Ozzy, there is no way for Morwenna to feel ready to be with Drake again. Though I hope they will eventually find happiness. I think it's going to take a long time. Um, <laughs> so, Rita, what do you think? Um, I'm 100% on the what the flying fuck are you doing, Drake train. <laughs> Just What? <laughs> know that everyone's supposed to be like rooting for him and Moena to make it work but if you approach this with any kind of common sense what he did to Rosina was unforgivable yep the day before they got married people she had already started moving her things into his damn house mm -hmm. everybody in the village knew <laughs> and he thinks he can just <laughs> bail on her on their wedding day no son oh. sit your ass down <laughs> unforgivable <laughs> and the fact that he then just creeped up on Morwenna to be clear he watched her home for two days like in the rain watching through the window until she was alone and then just barged in on her that's trespassing <laughs> 
just walked on in the French doors like, hey girl, what's up? I mean, you haven't spoken in three years. Oh Oh my God. God. (sighs) She's just been widowed for fuck's sake. I know that you don't have all of the social graces that people have, you know, in the, the upper classes and kind of know that people are in mourning for a certain amount of time and that kind of thing. But damn, son! Have some common sense, right? If you're going to try and reunite with her, how about allowing more oh. than 24 hours after burying her husband? I mean, common <laughs> sense. <sighs> oh my god. How about, I don't know, knocking? Yeah! It's the it's the thing to do. <laughs> the way he's dealing with everything makes me so angry and annoyed. Because he yeah. obviously didn't stop for like even two seconds to think about Morwenna and what Morwenna would want and what Morwenna would need in this very difficult time. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to root for this ship when they don't understand each other as basic human beings? <laughs> And I don't find any of this tragic. I find it frustrating. And it's raising my damn blood pressure, as you can all tell. (laughs) Dude made me want to slap him upside the head. Hard. Repeatedly. Several times. Till he was seeing stars. Uh, As a matter of fact, I think that little idiot just earned a trademark. (laughs) There is a new king. Mm -hmm. Ross, you're dethroned. (laughs) We have Drake the Idiot. Trademark. (sighs) Oh, Lord. Okay, we're going to move on. Another visit from Sir Hugh presents Demelza with a dilemma. Was her decision the right one? Discuss. Michelle Bell says, I agree with her decision, the way she went about making it and carrying it out. It took tremendous courage on her part, as she could have ruined them. Aside, Sir Hugh annoys me. He is an old lech, and no one should have to tolerate him. Wait, is Sir Hugh the Harvey Weinstein of this community? Oh, sweet God, you went there, didn't you? It just came to me in a moment of inspiration. I feel oh, like it is. Oh, God. Oh, I think I'm going to throw up. I'll try not to do it while I continue reading these things. Uh, Parade Cheese had said, uh, it depends on which dilemma you refer to. I know, I was kind of cagey about that, wasn't I? <laughs> if it's deciding to kiss Sir Hugh so he will talk, I can't say if it was the right, if it was right or wrong on her part. Because personally, it made me want to throw up a little in my mouth. But I digress. Uh, back to Prairie Cheese Head. I suppose you could say it was right in hindsight, given what he had to say. But I can't get past how much this is sexual harassment and that Sir Hugh is such an opportunistic yep. swine. Hash- <laughs> hashtag Demelza2. <laughs> uh, oh my God. God, that's, that, that's great. We're all on the same page with this. I love it. Exactly, exactly. Um, as far as the bank business... I think that just by acting, Demelza made the right decision. She showed maturity and wisdom in asking for explanations on what was going on and asking for for advice. I think it also showed that intelligence isn't just book learning, that she understood that making an impression on the people who were trying to take their money out in order to help staunch the bleeding, 
shows a lot of street smarts on her part. I like that her intelligence was acknowledged by the male characters who helped her. And, you know, I I think that, you know, Ross has said, you know, on, on several occasions that uh, he really appreciates her common sense, you know, even though that line was just completely mangled in the <laughs> series. Um, you know, Ross really has an appreciation for the the common sense and and the earthiness that Demelza brings to their relationship and the decisions that she makes. So, you know, I I I think, you know, as we see later in the chapter with Ross's reaction to what she wound up doing, you know, he didn't fly off the handle. He didn't do any of the things that that we kind of know him as typically doing when he gets kind of suck ass news. Um, and especially when it comes to uh, the fact that this news has so much to do with, you know, their livelihood um, and the livelihoods of all of the people that work for them. Um you know, he tells her she's worth all of Westminster. I'd vote for her. I would too. I would too. Uh, this version. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, TV version people. Even TV version would be an improvement on Theresa May. I'm going to go there. <laughs> they both spend a lot of times running through wheat fields. That was a hashtag British reference. <laughs> Absolutely addicted, Poldarki said, all I can say is it's a good thing I'm alone and not sitting on a bus or train when I read these books. Oh, I would highly <laughs> recommend not being out in public. No, no. I mean, I can do this stuff when I'm listening to the Audible book in the car. Because I don't care if people are looking at me while I'm on the freeway and I'm screaming at the radio or the stereo. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I think I think it was um, River Woman rules that said that the first time she had read uh, these chapters, she got up and cheered when when Ozzy died, and she was on a plane at the time. So yeah, uh, she continues and said, "This was another audible moment for me as I yelped aloud, Demelza, no!" <laughs> but taking a step back, I had to think why. Why would she allow this lech to not only physically touch her, but to let him kiss her? I must remind myself yeah. of the era and the timing of, of his arrival when she is emotionally exhausted and upset and vulnerable. My belief is that by allowing him a kiss, she could, one, avoid being further molested, or worse, because she was alone with him, and two, it was the only way to get him to tell her his, quote, secret and his news about Ross, which turned out to be very significant information. And I agree, like, would I do it? No. But I do not judge her for her decision, because her body, her choice, and in the end, she needed that info. And you know, girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do. I definitely blame Sir Hugh more than her, because it's essentially blackmailing and harassment and all those illegal things. Um... <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I have come to expect nothing less from this disgusting excuse for a man. Ugh. You know, this this section is one of my favorites, even, you know, d despite the, the, Hugh, the Sir Hugh... Bleh, um, because 
we see the Demelza I love in action, you know, not the whole kissing the man for information, mainly because it's the man who's so repugnant. Um, but for her courageous nature in facing her fears and going to help Pasco because it was the right thing to do in that moment. And like I said, I especially love how Ross responds to what happens and is, when it all comes down to it, appreciative of her efforts, as hopeless as they would wind up being in the end. One of the problems I have with that section, despite it being long, is that her actions kind of ended up being for nothing. So yeah, it yeah. always like when I'm reading, it, I'm like, oh, this section's done, and then like it, the entire storyline gets like regurgitated through Ross, and I definitely think yeah, that yeah. Ross's <laughs> section is less interesting than Demelza's. So I kind of very I much kind so. of wish Demelza had had a win in that section, but maybe that yeah. wasn't just a naive thing for me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Ross returns from London to a changed Cornwall and battles the demons within. Something new and different for him. Uh, How did he do? Uh, Michelle Bell says, For Ross, surprisingly well. Uh Uh, He had a well-thought-out plan, and he exercised restraint in putting it together. I like that he ended up as part of the newly formed bank. Uh, Prairie Cheesehead said, I think he did okay. It was probably a good thing that George was out of town because it forced Ross to take a step back and act maturely in regard to the banking situation. It turns out punching people in the <laughs> face won't stop a financial issue. Exactly! Um, absolutely addicted Podarchy said, Poor Ross, see what being away three weeks does. He was away longer than three weeks. I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was He was back in London. I think he, he was about was three weeks London. late, though, because of the damn ships. Yes. yes. So many demons, yes. so little time. <laughs> that could be his theme tune. <laughs> he, he may yes. not have exercised all of his demons, especially the hurt, anger, bitterness towards Demelza's infidelity with Hugh Armitage, but when it comes to the collapse of Pasco's bank, I think Ross was able to channel his demons past mistakes, frustrations, and through them came to a successful conclusion. Perhaps a cathartic ex- experience for him. Uh, especially when it came to another opportunity to, quote, rescue a friend. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the forming of... <laughs> yeah, he, he he likes to do that, doesn't he? Uh, the forming of the new bank and his name being added to the partners was the crown on his achievements. And, oh, how I can't wait to hear how the Warlegged Boys react to that. I really he's, can't. He's got a bank, too? I know. <laughs> well, one of my favorite lines from that section um is you know it's in the last chapter of book two that's actually the last paragraph of book two where the last two paragraphs is that the final name captain r poldark had been added virtually at the last minute but since the suggestion came from lord de dunstanville nobody disagreed even ross to whom it came as much of a surprise as anybody, and who certainly had his doubts, did not voice them. As John Rogers said to Mr. Stackhouse, who had not been at the very last meeting, of course he'll bring no money, nor never will. He's not the type to accumulate, but it's a good name to have, and he's becoming a personality in the county. One never knows why, quite why this happens, eh? 
Not so much what a man does, more a matter of character. I think that was shade. <laughs> that was classic hashtag shade. Yeah. White male mediocrity wins the day again. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> okay, River Woman Rule says, When challenged, Ross always rises to the occasion. His loyalty to his friends is absolute. When they are threatened, he goes to extreme lengths to slay dragons, whether in compare or in a slimy warlegan lair. That he single-handedly campaigned to get justice for the ruined Pasco is hardly surprising. I knew he wouldn't take the insult sitting down. What was surprising was how he did it. His strategy in negotiating Pasco's partnership in the Cornish Bank was brilliant. Ross executed his plan as efficiently as Kerry Warlegan had his, just quicker and cleaner. It was extremely pleasant to imagine Carrie's painful howl when he realized that his demonic scheme had failed. Instead of being destroyed, Pasco gained security and prestige for life. It was even more pleasant to imagine George's fury when he realized that because of Carrie's machinations, Ross's esteem had grown even more. Sometimes good deeds are rewarded. <laughs> Quick correction. Ross did not do it single-handedly because Demelza was there being a hashtag boss bitch, so. <laughs> Demelza started the ball rolling, yeah. y'all. Where's her name on that that bank? Yeah. Uh, well, remember, hashtag remember <laughs> the era. <sighs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah, I did sigh-eye Ross a little when his immediate reaction on hearing the news is to blame George for the collapse of Pasco. Wrong. Willuggin, dude. Wrong one. But close. <laughs> uh, I suppose he was forced into mature behaviour because of the circumstances. I'm still kind of weary of Ross at the moment because you can sense a lot of anger and resentment brewing under the surface with him, which is never good news. Evil Eve totally agreed with me, said he gets points for effort, I guess. Oh my god, that's shade too. There's shade everywhere. Uh, but no, the guy's basically hanging on by a thread. The number of pipes he broke and threw into the fire was an indicator of how well he's going. <laughs> That's true. He's just like, snap, break. I might as well break all of them. <laughs> Where's the brandy? Um, <laughs> it was interesting to really see Ross's dark side come out, like when he threatens Jacka and then kind of blackmails Sir Francis, as everybody has completely ignored. He yeah. did not do it in the most ethical of manners, shall we say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, into helping to revive Pasco's. I love his anti-hero moments, but it does make me worried about how he's going to cope or not cope with the struggles that will inevitably come his way throughout the rest of the book. Yes, people, there is more drama to come. Oh my god, yes. My god, yes. Hashtag melodrama. Chapter 13. Oh my god! <laughs> Another child on the way? Michelle Bell says, okay, full disclosure, I am the Elizabeth hater in the room because I despise her selfish, destructive, and supremely hypocritical character and that Ross never sees it. <laughs> eh, yeah. So that she is pregnant? Who cares? That she plans to, <laughs> that she plans to pull another con on George? There you go. And why? She does not need to. Just another manipulation to her desired ends. Yet she feels he mistreated her for these last five years. 
Really? He gave her money, position, cared for her children and parents, and he makes a few demands on her personally or sexually? She is the wronged party? So not seeing it. Her ammo? Set up and create misery and destruction for herself and others, then blame others. Repeat. Oh, snap. Yeah, that is like massive shade right there. Okay, that's not even shade. That's just out and out. That's just out and out hate. Brutal. <laughs> um, yes. Parachute had said, Elizabeth has perfected conveniently timed fainting down to an art form, hasn't she? I mean, yes, <laughs> sister. Teach me your ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> And absolutely, oh. Podaki said, it's unfortunate Elizabeth is still grappling with George's insecurities and the effects they will have on their marriage. Instead of being overjoyed and immediately sharing the news with her husband, she decides to wait and follow Ross's advice and concoct a story about the time of conception. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. Well, thanks mm-hmm. to fainting and morning sickness, there is no denying it now. So it's back to being the, quote, prized possession of George, which is perfect for Elizabeth, as this is what she has always believed herself to be. I enjoyed the quote for, she carried the sacred seed. Ugh, oh my. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I think I understand a tiny bit, and this is no way to be in defense of, of her decision making on this. But, you know, she has always had a a fairly obsessive um, relationship with her children. Uh, Jeffrey Charles, of course, obviously. And even as it's mentioned in the books, it took a little while for that to happen with Valentine. But but she's now got he has now got her her um, her attention. And so, you know, she is bound and determined to make sure that that um you know her son valentine is is taken care of and if she has another boy then obviously there there is the possibility of the insecurities to to start up again uh but you know i in no way support the decision that she made to to try and pull a fast one on on george deal with the consequences lady don't lie the first time about who the father is. I'm just saying, just pen this out there. Um, <laughs> that would have that would have made for an interesting uh, book. Uh, anyhow, Evil Evie said, "As much as I like Elizabeth, uh, as much as I dislike Elizabeth as a character, I'm still very intrigued to see where this goes. There are a lot of babies being born at, or about to be born in this book: Baby Sarah, Baby Warleggan, Baby Whitworth." And all of them have this sense of foreboding hanging over them, which in Sarah's case came to fruition. That's why I get a feeling something bad is going to happen. What with Elizabeth's concerns about making sure the dates of her pregnancy line up. Hashtag Rosemary's babies vibes. (laughs) I feel like George is actually completely over his suspicions about Valentine. Mm -hmm. And all of. Elizabeth's manipulations seem kind of paranoid and unnecessary at this point. I'm like, girl, calm down. Yup! <laughs> like, he yep. even said he wished for a girl. Like, that's not the attitude of a man who doubts his heir. Yes. And I think El- Elizabeth taking advice from Ross was dumb. Damn right stupid. 
He's not the podoc you go to for advice. You listen to what he has to say, and then you do the opposite. <laughs> probably, probably good uh, words to live by. Uh, let's see. The parallels to the saga's previous novels continued. What did you think were the most effective and why? Michelle Bell said, Ross again faces ruin, but pulls himself and Pasco out of it, but in a much more mature and measured way. Well done for him. Elizabeth's planned con on George because it is the essence of her character. Perry Cheesehead says, Ross going around and asking for donations to help bail out of Pasco's Reminded me of Caroline's organising the drive to buy the grain for the miners. I think both were moments where both characters matured. How about the oranges? Let's never forget the oranges. Oh yes, and the oranges, yes. Absolutely Addicted Poldarkey says, One, with Elizabeth's acknowledgement of her new child being due the same month as Valentine's gave me pause. So, the month of May. Hmm, what other event occurred in May? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's not think about that. Uh, the Drake, Rosina, Marwenna versus Ross, Elizabeth, and Melza storylines. Drake's impulsive decision to rush to Marwenna after Ozzy dies, thus abandoning Rosina, was a parallel to Ross abandoning Demelza to run to Elizabeth after Francis died, as well as the, quote, other incident, end quote. Number three, Ross coming to the aid of Harris Pasco, persuading others to help, parallels Ross trying to save Jim Carter from prison and also Hoskins from a death sentence. And four, the savior of hard work is at play again for Ross. His diligence, persistence, and helping his friend Harris parallels the actual physical hard work that was his savior in the first novel. It's basically just a retread of everything. Well done, Winston. <laughs> uh, Evil Eve said Demelza's attempt to help Pasco's bank and then failing reminds me of the incident in book two where her matchmaking causes Carnmore Copper Company to collapse. I hadn't even thought of that. That's brilliant. Anyway, both times she has perfectly good and pure intentions but inadvertently bankrupts her and Ross because she doesn't see how cruel and corrupt people are. Last time it was George, this time it was Carrie can succeed in manipulating and ruining people. Uh, can you pick out a passage that strikes you as particularly profound or interesting? Michelle Bell says, Sam's treatment of Drake when he finally returns to the forge. Sam lives what he preaches. His love and support for his brother is truly touching. Also, props to Rosina. She is a class act. Mm -hmm. Rosina deserves more. Oh my god, yes. My god, yes. Uh, absolutely addicted Poldarkey. Uh, these two passages... Ross speaking to Demelza, the first, you're worth all Westminster, yes. and the second, eat a bit more. No, he said, I think I just want you. River, River Woman Rule said, I was touched by the scene when Ross returned to Nampara after an exhausting day of trying to reestablish Pasco. And again, this is the, the you know, bit. this is the, the same piece that, uh, absolutely addicted Poldarkey mentioned, um, you know, I've waited supper. I've waited supper. It's hot, so give me five minutes, of course. But when it came, he did not eat much. Not hungry, she said. Just tired. Tired of talking. Tired of arguing. Tired of inquiring. Tired of writing. Eat a bit more. No, he said. I think I just want you. These few words are more poignant than all of Hugh Armitage's poems. 
Ross is so tragically romantic, it breaks my heart. Uh, Evil Eve said Moenna's inner monologue at the funeral verged on disturbing because of how honest it was in portraying the complexity of depression and PTSD as a result of abuse. I was in awe of Winston Graham's ability to write and examine human nature so truthfully while reading this passage. This I wanted to talk about, basically. It's from the section right before Morwenna's. They're all at the opening of the hospital and there's a ceremony at the church. Um, Although she thought her husband's brutality towards her outrageous, she appreciated that it was not altogether without provocation. And, once in a while, as the incident receded and became part of the past, she allowed herself to warm towards him for the unexpected violence of which he had found himself capable. He was, after all, a man of passion, careful though he hid it. So, I find the fact that Rowella likes her husband more because he beat the shit out of her beyond problematic. I know Ruella's characterization can best be described as psychotic, um, but it still reinforces some horrible stereotypes about aggressive men and women that I have to roll my eyes at. It's... uh, Winston, you're better than this. Don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, it is such an ugly cycle, uh, and one that seems to be nearly impossible to break in some folks. Let's see. Question or observation of your choice? This is optional, but feel free to share whatever question or observation you've made about the book so far. Michelle Bell says, George is bugging me. Just saying. All his political maneuvers do not bode well for anyone, except him, of course. And Cousin Carrie, that old vulture needs to exit stage right. Enough. Eva Levy says, we're over halfway through. I don't really want the book to end. I'm loving discussing it, and I know once it's finished, I'll have to continue rewatching and rereading to hold off my pole dark withdrawal symptoms. Don't worry, because season four is coming to destroy us soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes, it is! <laughs> Personally, I found the second book quite dull in comparison to the first of this novel. Um What?! <laughs> There was just loads of loads of banking and loads of Drake and Morwenna drama, which is like my least favorite things in the saga. Oh. And there was way more Sam in the first section. <laughs> you know how I roll. Oh <laughs> my god! Uh, yeah, I yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. that. That's probably just a personal preference, mm-hmm. but I was finding it quite a struggle to keep engaged towards the latter half of the section, mm-hmm. which was basically all people talking about banking. Yeah, true enough, true enough. But we're getting to some good stuff. So book three is good. Yes, book three is is awesome. So more to come on that. Let's see. And we do have a message. Uh, Anonymous said, has anyone considered the choice of name that Winston Graham gave to Monk Adderley? An adder is a snake, a viper, and the juxtaposition of Monk and Adder is interesting, too. You know, I, I honestly, I hadn't thought about it before. It, it just, it has always struck me as such an obvious, snidely whiplash kind of name. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to come up with this 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 character and we need to come up with a bad name okay monk adderley you know that type of thing that's just me but we'll we'll get to know monk adderley uh, much more in the next chunk of reading we have in store for you 
Ordeal by Innocence, starring Eleanor, is airing on Sunday the 1st of April. That is this weekend, people. <laughs> uh, it's on BBC One. It's another Agatha Christie adaptation. I know, another one. <laughs> but it looks pretty good, so be sure to check it out if you can. Um, is it just the one night, or is it going to be like a series of I nights? I think it's a series of... Okay, um, and there is going to be another BFI uh, event, uh, I think it's in May sometime, where Aiden and I think Debbie, uh, Damien, and... Karen? Oh yeah, Karen! They're all going to be there, and I know that the tickets are going to go on sale shortly, or they have already done so. Uh, you can, you can tell how interested I am in this <laughs> by the fact that I, I don't remember a whole lot of the details. It's just, I'm just trying not to get influenced too much about the, the upcoming series. So, uh, for those of you that are into that kind of thing, the information is available on Poldarked, one of our favorite Poldark blogs. Uh, so you can find it there and, um, share pictures, love the pictures, but, Keep the intel out, at least for me. Anyhow. Anyway. Anyhow. Uh, so it's time for us to say goodbye again. Uh, thank you so much for listening and for supporting the podcast. Uh, we would love to get some more feedback from folks. So uh, we'll be back next time with a podcast about chapters uh, one through seven in book three. Uh, so if you want to participate in the discussions, please, please do, then look for the questions on our Tumblr and either email us at poldarkpodcast at gmail.com or you can reblog the post with your answers. You can find us on social media, got Twitter, Instagram, etc. at poldarkpodcast. Uh, so drop us a line if you're feeling chatty and if you're feeling generous, do us a favor and give us a few reviews on iTunes. We could really use that support. So, until next time, bye-bye!
ten years from now, we'll still be on top. Yo, I thought I told you that we won't stop. Now, what you gonna do with a school that got money much longer than yours? And a team much stronger than yours? Valet me, this a BOJ. We don't play, mess around, be DOA. Be on your way, cause it ain't enough time here. Ain't enough lime here for you to shine here. Deal with many women, but treat down fair. And I'm bigger than the city lights down in Times Square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 